A warm welcome from Amsterdam. And thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Hello and welcome for a new episode of Game Consultant. It's April the 14th and I am a little bit later and that's due to the Easter weekend we had. And I hope everyone was enjoying the nice weather because here in Europe, I'm in Amsterdam, it was very good weather. So uh, although we were very much restrained to our homes, sitting in the garden, catching some sun in park, some people even went to the beach, um, it was very good to uh, take some time off. So all in all, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the long weekend. Today I have, of course, Chris Reed, Reed Thinks, but I also have a new item, and that is Joachim from uh, Elite Game Developers. I always get his newsletter on Friday, and it's uh, a very fascinating, good newsletter with lots of interesting points, news, insights. So I did ask Joachim, can you do an item for me on a weekly basis? And he said, yes, top. <clears throat> so that later. Um, so swiftly moving on to some news that I was actually going through. And yeah, obviously, again, a lot of people talking about esports uh, streaming that is growing. Um, I actually found an article on the Japan Times and Japan plans ambitious expansion of esports to boost economy through 225. The government has an ambitious plan to expand Japan's esports industry with the private sector to help revitalize regional economies and increase social participation by people with disabilities with an eye to generating 85, no, sorry, 285 billion, that's uh, $2.6 billion in economic benefits uh, by 225. And I'm reading people with disabilities, and that actually led me to think to Big Karma of Pascal. So Pascal, if you're hearing this, I did send you the link, and maybe you can do something with it. Um, <clears throat> the other thing, interesting, while parents Zoom, their kids are flocking to an app called Roblox and hang out and play 3D games. Yeah, obviously, Roblox was an item a little while ago in my podcast, and yeah, they're growing. Uh, Roblox saw usage grow 40% in March with kids forced to find productive activities while at home. Uh, Andreessen led a 150 million financing round at a 4 billion, 4 billion valuation late February. Um, the article is on cnbc.com. Uh, it's in my um, it's in my blog article anyway, so you can check it out. Um, also, another very nice article was on adMonsters.com. Esports changing the name of advertising game. Um, there's a very interesting quote um, of Jens Hilgers. He's founding general partner of Bitcraft Esports Ventures, but also the founding CEO of the ESL. There is a fundamental thesis that virtual worlds are taking up increased space in our minds, and we're seeing that at unprecedented levels now. Um, as I said, the link is also on the blog. Um, 
very good because it goes a little bit more in-depth. Uh, a winning combination gaming and advertising. Then I got also news and word of um, an accelerator. Hype Sports Innovation Virtual Accelerator. It's a, a new virtual accelerator. It's focused on fundraising and, as they say, the COVID-19 new game plan. Today, they have helped startups raise over $180 million. Um, as they say, as a result of COVID-19, startups are in a serious need of cash and personal mentorship to get out of this crisis as winners. Um, I looked at uh, the key investors and mentors and uh, some very interesting names. I also see Ralph Reichardt, co-CEO of ESL, um, but also uh, Hero, VP Sports Sponsoring of T-Mobile, etc., etc. Look at the link and uh, who knows, uh, maybe you can apply. Sony took a 400 million stake in Billy Billy. <laughs> always like that name. PlayStation maker picks up almost 5% of the Chinese video and mobile gaming company. That is what the company today announced. And it has reached an agreement with Sony PlayStation uh, or Corporation, as you should say it, Sony Corporation of America, that will see the PlayStation parent company invest around $400 million into the Chinese online video and mobile gaming platform. Interesting to see that move of Sony. Um, then also, eSports Entertainment Platform Players Network launches today. And that is actually um, from serial entrepreneur uh, Stratton, who lines up big names from the worlds of traditional sports and eSports. Both links I just mentioned are on my blog. And there is a very interesting one on GamesBeat where it's saying gaming industry TV ad spend is rising. That was something that it actually did interest me because I was wondering if people would start advertising more. And I'm seeing uh, Nintendo, Bethesda, Xbox, Gamefly, Activision as some of the top uh, brands spending on TV. It's saying... Even with much of the yeah, blah, even with much of the U.S. economy shutting down due to the coronavirus, the gaming sector upped in advertising outlay for advertising for television to an estimated 17.3 billion U.S. dollars in March. That is around five million more than February. That's quite a that's quite an increase. So, all in all, good for gaming, as uh, as you can see here. That was it for the news. So a new weekly item by Joachim, Elite Game Developers. And if you uh, go to the website, which is EliteGameDevelopers.com, you actually see he's asking a question. What is Elite Game Developers? Well, he's answering it. Elite Game Developers is a resource run by me, Joachim, to teach you proven strategies for running a games business and optimizing it in effective ways. And um, yeah, well, he has a lot of experience. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really delighted that he's actually going to share his weekly update, his highlights, um, with an item in Game Consultant. So, 
Joachim, here you go. Thanks, Rhino. So this is Joachim from Elite Game Developers. I've been writing a newsletter for several months now where I post gaming startup-related content. The topics include how to raise venture capital for your startup, building a great company culture, defining a mission and vision, etc. for your company. Uh, here are topics from my latest newsletter that came out on Friday. So I posted an article this week uh, with the topic, seven ways a gaming startup can show traction. So when I meet startup founders for the first time, the most common appearance there in those discussions is the lack of kind of showing concise progress that the company has made pursuing their business. So often in gaming, what I see is that founders are going after a cool gaming idea, but they're not really gathering evidence that the idea is actually working before the game is ready. So I think that's that's really a bad way to approach building a business. So what I think is that you're actually doing a big disservice for your efforts if you can't map out and check the boxes on your progress that you're making while you're building the game. So in this blog post, I talk a lot about how game developers can measure progress when they're still building the game and also communicate the progress to making uh, interest for, for some potential investors. Also this week, I had Eric Lagier, the managing partner of BuyFounders, on my podcast, the Elite Game Developers podcast. Uh, I've actually talked with them for a while now, and they, they've invested into a few gaming companies like Starberry Games, Utopos Games, Dazzle Rocks. So with Eric, uh, in this podcast, we talk about their decision-making process when they're looking at deals to invest into companies and how they give feedback to the founders and what is the, the way that buy founders is different from other VCs out there. So you can go to EliteGameDevelopers.com and uh, listen to the episode under the podcast section. And in the newsletter this week, one of my favorite things that I share there is uh, my fascination towards a company called Buffer. It's a San Francisco-based company that is handling scheduling for their clients' uh, social media posts and other activities. So... What I really love about them is their culture. It's a big inspiration for me. Uh, in this newsletter, I talk about their ways of sharing uh, a transparency towards the salary that they're paying to their people. Uh, so they basically have a public Google spreadsheet which has everybody's salary visible. And in their blog posts, they're talking about how they calculate these salaries and make it fair for everyone. Uh, so check it out. Um, you can actually get these links by going to the EliteGameDevelopers.com blog section. And there you see our previous newsletters. And please do sign up for, for the newsletter. It's coming every Friday. So that's it for now. Uh, stay safe, people, and stay well. Hey guys, welcome back to another Read Thinks. Hope everyone's staying safe, staying quarantined, 
and playing some video games. What a week it was for esports. I mean, the last few weeks has just been uh, really incredible. Some of the numbers that have come in from some of these traditional sports activations across to esports. Uh, we talked about uh, talking about iRacing uh, and eNASCAR series and some of those numbers that we saw uh, from FS1 Fox Sports last week. Uh, all this, all this momentum really continues. Uh, I have two stories, and most probably know where I'm going to start. I, I pretty much have to start here um, with Riot's Valorant. Um, this article is from Standard.co, the Evening Standard, and uh, Valorant breaks Twitch viewing record with a whopping 1.7 million concurrence. I actually tuned into this when it was like right around one and a half million, and it was just like, it's like, is that a glitch? Like, is that number even real? I think CS:GO was second on Twitch at the time with around 200,000. I mean, so you're talking like you know 8x times um, the amount of viewership from the from the second most watched. Uh, title on Twitch, which is absolutely incredible. Um, so Valorant hit peak concurrent viewers of 1.7 million on Tuesday, successfully breaking the record for a single day hours watched in a single game category with 34 million hours watched already. Um, just, it really is absolutely incredible. Uh, obviously, Riot Games um, is the publisher of Valorant, and Riot Games is owned by Tencent, which seems like everything they touch turns to gold. Uh, that's a whole other topic for another day. Uh, but those numbers are just absolutely insane. The, you know, now the one the one caveat to this of the 1.7 million concurrence is that people were watching essentially to get drops, um, and you had to be you, you, to be able to grab uh, to get some of those drops, and it was all, all at random. Um, people were making apparently they're making fake accounts. So how many of these concurrence were fake accounts? Were they not? Nobody really knows. But let's just say half of them were fake accounts. Okay, we're still sitting at, you know, 850,000 uh, viewers, uh, which again, more than 4x, I believe what CSGO had at the time. So still, I mean, you take half of that number, and it's still a monster number. And moving on to probably the second biggest piece of news uh, throughout the week. This is from TheVerge.com. ESPN becomes the official broadcast home for League of Legends spring split playoffs. And this was, um, you know, League of Legends has been on ESPN before. Uh, I believe it's been on ESPN Plus, but never on um, ESPN, ESPN2. Um, obviously, there's ESPN Esports that's, that's been around for a little while, uh, but this still was just a, a major, major news drop in the space uh, that it was going to get this type of coverage. Um, full schedule for the League of Legends Spring Tournament is 100 Thieves versus TSM was April 8th. Um, and then Evil Geniuses versus Cloud9, April 11th. FlyQuest versus Winter Match 4 um, on April 12th. And then ends up with the Spring Split Championship April 19th. So the fact that, um, look, uh, traditional sports are not on ESPN right now, obviously. Um, they, are, they are needing content, and this makes a lot of sense. I made a post about this on LinkedIn. This should have been done a long time ago, um, but it, it hadn't. And now it's the time. And last, I had a really interesting week of, of interviews with traditional sports athletes that have either completely transitioned into esports and gaming in some way, or they're integrating esports and gaming into their career. Um, so I had Jesse Uigi on, um, is a NASCAR driver, uh, Ariel Powers, uh, WNBA player, and Jad Schmelzer. Uh, played for um, the Boston Red Sox for six years. Just some really interesting conversations about um, either former or current professional athletes 
uh, the traditional sports side and how they're integrating into the esports and gaming space. It was really neat. Uh, one thing that one thing that Jad mentioned, and I, and I just want to bring this up, kind of a mini rant, but one of the things t- topics we got on was obviously the activations of traditional sports and esports, as we've been talking about the last few weeks. And he said he called out baseball. He called out Major League Baseball and said, "Look, what are they doing? What are they doing? What kind of activations are they doing? I mean, are they?" I don't even know how to even answer or how to ask the question of how, what are they even thinking? Why aren't they getting involved? Like you're seeing NASCAR get involved. Um, like you're seeing in the uh, NBA with NBA 2k with the players tournament that happened. Um, and, and the NFL even getting involved with, with Madden, um, and activating some of the players there and, and making content. I just don't understand what, what the deal is with major league baseball. Look, we all understand this, that they are the the slowest moving sport out there and that's with anything you look at replay how long that took i don't want to get into all that um look this is kind of a rant but it's something that no one should be surprised of but it's still frustrating and, and jad talked about some of his frustrations um being being in being in the league and uh, not understanding why they just can't open their eyes and look at their surroundings and understand how they can get fan engagement through esports um so look some Decision makers get it. Some decision makers don't. And we've seen that over the last few weeks. Um, who really falls into what category? As always, thank you very much. Let me know topics that you would like discussed. I would love to hear. Yeah, make sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Chris Reed, C-R-I-S-R-E-E-D. Right now, thanks for the opportunity again. We'll see you guys next week. Companies on my watch list, yeah. For a few episodes, I didn't have them, but I want to reinstall it again uh, because I like it. And I do get some very nice pitch decks in, and also people reaching out saying, hey, can I tell a little bit more about my company? So, yeah, guys, um, back on it. So keep sending. And uh, the ones I really like, I will definitely address in my episodes. Two companies on my watch list, GameBuddy and Aftermath. And um, both are doing something in, uh, well, sort of the esports area, streaming, poker. Do I get your attention? Good. Um, let's start with uh, GameBuddy. They call it uh, the next level of streaming interaction. And um, so basically, what they say, how streaming is done today. Streamers, they film themselves, they are broadcasting while playing, and they have their viewers. So popular streamers have multiple thousands of concurrent viewers, and the engagement with the streamer is via chat or through donations with a text message. About 220 million users are visiting Western game streaming platforms each month. And 77%, they're actually going to visit it on Twitch. What a success for Twitch. So basically what they say, an engaged community is what makes a live streaming special. And um, But engaging with lots of concurrent uh, viewers is impossible, definitely if you have so many. So they have a solution. Influence the influencer, the next level of engagement. They give live challenges. They have a voting system and money talks. So if you put in money, the chances of your 
feature or your challenge is actually being accepted. It's uh, run by Julian, Cedric, and Niklas. They uh, raised some money amongst, uh, I think, Axel Springer with APX. They um, had a first prize at uh, Startup Impulse, Founders Competition. And um, let me see what is there more. Well, actually, I will put up uh, a link to Niklas so that um, you can actually look more about uh, GameBuddy. But I definitely wanted to share this with you. They did actually a test last week, which I heard from Niklas was going very well. And um, interested, I would say. The other one, uh, Aftermath. It's uh, it's a company with some guys that have gotten a lot of experience in the gambling industry. And um, they're going to check out the classic card games and make it more for today. Like, for example, um, as they say, bring old classics with the gameplay magnetics and monetization practice of today. Um, think about traditional deck games, card battlers, etc., etc. So they have their first game, which is uh, Hands of Victory. It's uh, it's a poker game. Um, so they want to bring poker to esports. It's a cross-platform, free-to-play mobile card game that combines elements of poker, role-playing games, and card battlers. I think you, if you're aware of Hearthstone, then you should get pretty much the idea behind it. They see quite a market potential. So it's a very experienced team. 50 plus years of gaming experience, they say. Kim, David, Iskan, and Dan. Um, monetization strategy. Well, free to play. Advertising. And sort of a battle pass kind of thing. Interesting. So um, they now have a browser version ready for testing. Uh, so very interested to uh, to give it a shot. Uh, a playable Unity version test flight demo is available, and they are establishing some esports partnerships. They have a patent on the technology, um, and basically are up for a round of funding. And so actually is. Uh, Nicholas with GameBuddy. So both of the companies I definitely wanted to put on the, um, on the company's watch list because uh, I think they have both very interesting concepts. And uh, so I'll put the links on, uh, on the blog to the founders of these companies and then please reach out. And who knows? Keep me posted. So that was all for episode 18 of Game Consultant. Uh, thank you very much, Chris, for doing uh, your weekly item on esports. And of course, Joachim, uh, welcome to the club. And also, uh, I want to thank you for listening. And um, really, the last couple of episodes have done really amazing numbers. Um, guess you all bored, right? Uh, anyways, uh, so I was a little bit late uh, this week, but uh, stay tuned and uh, hopefully you will listen again on Sunday.
Ciao for now. This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.